for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to former Super Bowl champion Dennis Brown about the 49ers' 23-20 win over the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. No shortage of topics following that win, but the 49ers are thrilled to see the return of Debo Samuel, Richard Sherman, and Raheem Mostert. The win also means they'll be planning meaningful football games into the month of December and potentially into the month of January. However, because of new COVID rules in the city and county of Santa Clara, they'll be doing so from Arizona. All things we can talk about with Dennis Brown, who joins me next. It's Wednesday, December 2nd. Always fun when we can catch up with Dennis Brown, talk a little 49er football, and it's always fun when it's coming after a win against the L.A. Rams. Dennis, I know the first time the Niners played the Rams earlier this year, that was an important game, and it was an important, like, get the season back on the right track game. This was an important game and that if you don't win this one, the season's really over. And because they won the game, now we're playing meaningful football and no shortage of topics to discuss from that game, man. How are you? I'm doing great, and yeah, you're right. I mean, it seems like it's been a couple weeks, or I guess three weeks, since uh, we've, been, we've been able to talk after a win. And, and watching this team play, it gives you hope again, right? We talked about, before this game started, getting some guys healthy, especially on the offensive side. We kind of saw some explosive plays. And on the defensive side, Richard Sherman coming back and you know making immediate impact with that pick, the way he baited the quarterback to kind of throw that pick. And then, you know, the guys on the offensive side, Debo coming back immediately, having a career day. I think it was what he had, like 10 catches, 13 catches, 130 yards or something like that. And then to see Raheem Moster, you start to see, again, kind of why this team is the NFC champions and a berth to a Super Bowl last season. But it, it's just been one of those crazy years that, you know, with the injuries and the COVID, they've had a lot of challenges. You know, Nick Mullins showed me a little bit because he, he got beat up quite a bit you know he made some of his normal kind of weird passes batted down some interceptions but then in the fourth quarter when it came time to do it he drove the team down put him in position to uh, kick that winning field goal I think that's maybe a good place to start. I was going to ask kind of your takeaway from him in general because I was on social media during the game, which is oftentimes during a football game, a dark place to be when your team isn't going well. <laughs> People are are hammering Nick Mullins and, and bring back Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe try C.J. Beathard. And I think clearly Nick Mullins is a backup. The more we see him play, the more we understand why. And the more people were sort of you know nudging Kyle Shanahan earlier this year to go to Nick Mullins, and he was very adamant that when Jimmy is healthy, he's the quarterback. I think we're now seeing why. But what are you seeing from him as far as what he does well because I think what we're starting to understand is he's more of the quarterback we saw against Philadelphia at the end of the game than the one we saw against the Giants where he was dipping and dodging and and making quick decisions he can make quick decisions and he can make decent throws but I think more often than not we're seeing him sort of make errant passes I think you're right CJ and Nick Mullins both of them I think they're just good backup quarterbacks and I think at this time You know, Nick Mullins only has so many big games that he's going to win for you. I don't know if if he's got many big games like that in him. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's developing. I don't think he has that arm strength. I I think that's what it comes down to. He just doesn't have the arm strength to make some of those throws. But then that's what frustrates me about a Nick Mullins is that you'll see him make a pass in a, in a really small window and it'd be right on target. I mean, in the fourth quarter, he made some great throws to Debo, just putting the ball on him in the right spot for just Debo to catch him. And then you'll see him, you know, get balls batted down. You'll throw into triple coverage. You won't see a linebacker. He is that backup quarterback, and he does 
kind of what you know you expect a backup quarterback should do. And, you know, definitely he's not the best quarterback that the 49ers have. I, I still believe Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback. But I think as a backup, you got to roll with him. And you understand that, you know, in, in this Kyle Shanahan offense, he has to have those weapons. He has to have a Debo. He has, a, he has to have a Kendrick Bourne. He has to have his running game going. Because I don't think he's a guy that if you want to be one-dimensional and say, hey, listen, you drop back in the pocket and you just throw down the field, stretch the defense, make good decisions. I think he, you know, he's still got a ways to go till he's to that caliber. But I think right now, you know, it's what the 49ers have. But I, I just don't know how many big games, you know, we're going into the stretch here where every game pretty much counts. I don't know if he's got many big wins in him like he had last night. It certainly will be harder to do when you don't have guys like Raheem Mostert and Ayuk and Debo Samuel and George Kittle. But Debo, we've mentioned him a couple of times already. I don't want to say like a star is born this game because we saw him a couple of times at the end of last season really have breakout huge physical performances. But I think what we're seeing from him now is when he's on the field, he's maybe the most physical offensive player outside of George Kittle on the 49ers offense. He's sort of like Anquan Bolden. I know people have said that, but he's more of a run-through-you type of receiver, I feel like. My one concern with him is... Guys like he and Kittle, and even Mostert to some extent, because they're so physical, you can't take that away from them. It's instinctual. It's sometimes hard to keep them on the field. Yeah, and you know when you're a receiver like that, and if you watch Debo play, you don't see him get knocked back. Even if it, if you are to tackle him, he's always falling forward. It seems like, and he's got that powerful lower body, and he runs with so much attitude. And you know we're talking about the guy. This is his second year in the NFL and I think you're right and I, I think he's going to be a superstar if he continues to develop himself and develop you know his trade but you got a receiver and you said one of the toughest and you know if your receiver is one of the toughest on your offense that's not a good thing that means that your receiver is going out there taking some hits and he's getting pounded and we've seen a Kyle Shanahan with the running backs and receivers too I mean he expects you to be physical but when you're physical, it's not like college. I mean, you're taking some shots from these linebackers and these DBs. It kind of pays its tolls. I mean, it, it your body gets beat up. So I just hope, you know, Debo can figure out a way to stay that physical and stay on the football field and, and still get those yak yards. Because, I mean, when he's not in the game, there's no perimeter threat at all for this offense. And I, I don't understand what that's about. But he's the only one that I've seen that you can get the ball to in a perimeter and make a defense run sideline to sidelines. That's the threat. They were afraid of the run. They were afraid of that perimeter game. So you had defensive linemen, linebackers running sidelines to sidelines trying to catch up. Uh, and then it opened up a lot of stuff in the middle for Raheem. But when he's on the field, I mean, he's a, he's a different level. He makes this offense kind of tick. And again, we're talking about a second-year guy. But we're talking about a guy that Kyle Shanahan has a lot of confidence in. And he's a big part of the game plan every week he's in there. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. The Rams at one point made an adjustment because early in that game, the Niners were moving the ball on the ground pretty effectively. Raheem Mostert was gashing for yards, and it was like, oh, okay, this is the Niner offense we've seen. They came out and they jumped out to an early lead, and then what happens is uh, is they make the adjustment. They move Aaron Donald to the other side of the line, and I think the first snap he's out there, he tips a pass that leads to an interception, and then they make that adjustment, and they start stopping the run in the second half. What did you see as far as the adjustments the Rams made before the Niners were able to start going to Debo? Because it really felt like Debo Samuel's big moments came in the second half once the Rams were able to stop the run. 
I don't know why it took so long. I didn't really pay attention to Donald that much. You know, once he lined up over, was it Colton? Uh, what's his Colton McKivitz was, yeah, McKivitz. they moved him over him. Yeah, on the right side, yeah. Once he put him over here, I mean, I mean, he took over the football game. I think it was one, he had a strip sack, and then he came back on the field, had another sack. Uh, he forced the interception. So he almost took over the game, and it was just, you know, a future I hate to say it, but it could be a future Hall of Famer and Aaron Donald. And then you got McKivitz, who's a rookie, just kind of learning. And it, it was kind of, hey, welcome to the NFL. But, you know, that's the matchup I'm sure the Rams kind of wanted. And they start taking advantage a little bit. And the third quarter was kind of scary. I mean, the 49ers had the lead. They lost the lead. And then impressively, they came back and won the football game, got the lead back and won the football game. So tied it up and got, got that field goal. It was interesting. I was thinking, what's taking them so long? Because, you know, in that first game, if you watch that first game, the offense is clicking and you got those defensive linemen and linebackers, like I said, just running sidelines and sidelines. With him, Aaron Donald just kind of shooting the gaps and just kind of freelancing, you saw a different defense as far as as the Rams were because now you're penetrating. And that's what kills a Kyle Shanahan offense if you have defensive linemen that just penetrate and get in the backfield and make those running backs run the bubble. So I was surprised it took so long for them to make that adjustment. But you saw once they did it, that's something that, you know, it's on tape and other teams are going to look at. So, you know, guess what? Mr. Rookie, you get to see it again week in and week out. <laughs> yeah, and he's probably happy he doesn't have to see him again until next year, unless for some reason the 49ers were to backdoor into the playoffs here and get a shot at the Rams. One more thought on the uh, the 49er defense before we let you go, Dennis. Javon Kinlaw, man, he's played much better, I feel like, the last couple of weeks. Scored a big touchdown. That was a lot of fun. I love a big guy scoring a touchdown. That's always hilarious to me when a big defensive lineman picks one up and runs with it. What have you seen from him? And, you know, I don't want to say he's he's been an electric player, that he's, he's totally reached uh, where the 49ers need him to be or a replacement for DeForest Buckner, but he's starting to move a little bit. I think stock is going up, I guess, for Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, I mean, he's a rookie. I don't think he will ever get to that point where he's a DeForest Buckner because he's got to work on a lot of his pass rush technique, but he's raw. If you watch him play, I mean, he's he's strong as an ox. He's got to work on his technique, but he's getting the reps. And as far as defensive line play goes in NFL, it's all about your reps. You have to be in football games. And he's a guy that's been in every game, starting every game this season. So he's he's just getting better. I just hope that he kind of learns to get a different move or, or work off his power move. You know, he's a tall guy. He's got those long arms. He's got to work on, first of all, his his quickness, working on the edges, which, which DeForest did really well, working on edges. And he's got to work on his disengage. You know, things move a lot faster than NFL than they would in college. So he's got to get used to, you know, locking out offensive linemen, benching offensive linemen off and disengaging. Because a lot of times he'll get caught on or he'll he'll disengage too late. He'll miss tackles. But I think with him, it's all about him just continuing getting the reps and him getting better, him building his confidence. Playing defensive line is tough in the, in the NFL because in college you can use strength. In the NFL, it's all about your technique his foot placement, his hand placement, his ability to split double teams, his ability to be an Aaron Donald once in a while and freelance and shoot a gap and have that that awareness to kind of hunt down a, a ball carrier, a quarterback in the backfield once you penetrate. So I think he's just getting better. And if you look at this defensive line the 49ers have now, I mean, they're putting some pressure on. You know, Kerry Hyder Jr., I mean, he is leading the team in sacks. You know, Streets had a good game. So I think these guys are getting better. And I, I Gibbons, another a guy who had another good game. So... 
you know, no Nick Bosa, no D Ford, but I saw something in this defensive line. I think they're getting some confidence in themselves. And we talk about no DeForce, no D Ford, you know, Eric Armstead's still out there, but we, we talk about what it was last season. So I think these defensive linemen, these young defensive linemen, is, is taken on as a challenge that we can, we can produce quarterback pressure with just the four of us. We don't have to create pressure. We can just get after quarterbacks. Anybody who's one-on-one, I can beat a man one-on-one. So I, I saw a lot of that. Robert Sala is going to be at the top of somebody's list for, uh, and probably the Detroit Lions list for a head coaching job this offseason. So, Dennis, we appreciate the time again, man. We'll catch up with you when the 49ers are playing games. I was going to say, like, when they're playing Arizona, maybe against the Cardinals, but they might just be playing in Arizona for the foreseeable future now with the COVID rules. So, we'll catch up with you down the line, Dennis. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Good talking to you, bro. Crazy news this week with the 49ers finding out that they will be unable to play their foreseeable home games at Levi Stadium. They've announced that they'll be sharing the Cardinals facility, but they're still trying to figure out where they'll be holding practices ahead of those games in Arizona. Their next home game, of course, next Monday against the Buffalo Bills. That game will be from Arizona. Thank you to Dennis. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. We appreciate you checking in with us this week and make sure you come back. We're going to talk more NFL football, a good general look around the league because the 49ers don't play till Monday. We'll take a whip around look around the nfl and of course the nba season right around the corner we'll be diving into more warrior basketball next week everybody enjoy the week stay safe we will talk to you on friday